0: Southside Baptist Church is not a building, not an institution. We're a community of believers moving toward a life fully devoted to Jesus. Our deacons are those who look to serve our community. We have a number of new deacons and would like to introduce them to you and get to know them a little bit better. Today, let's get to know...
1: Uh, My name is Richard Beckwith. I have been here at this church now for six years, over six years, Yeah, and I've been... Participating in the music ministry ever since then. I appreciate Uh, that. You do a great job. Well, thank you. It's I do it for the Lord. Good. Do it for the Lord. So, you've been here six years. Mm -hmm. What brought you here? So, interestingly enough, um, my grandma, Carolyn Clark, has been a member here for about 30 plus years. And uh, so, um, it was one one afternoon uh, I had lunch with her at the Loop in San Marco. And I told her I was interested in singing. And I had thought about. You know, maybe going back to my old church, All Saints Episcopal, just down the road, and uh-huh. maybe singing in the choir. And she said, "Well, wait a minute. You know, I, my church is right down across the street. Why don't you go talk to Cindy Graves, and uh, they can, you know, you can get more information about about singing in the choir." And I said, "Okay." So we finished lunch, and uh, I went over and met with Cindy. And while I was talking to Cindy, she was signing me up for choir, regardless if I really even wanted to. <laughs> I she doesn't <laughs> wait. I mean, she just signed signed me up. Uh, I gave her all my information and everything, and so there you go. And I showed up uh, that Wednesday um, for rehearsal uh-huh. for choir practice. And um, uh, my very first Sunday was, I believe, the Sunday after Easter. I believe that was my very first Sunday in 2013.
0: Uh-huh. It was more just kind of finding a place that you felt like you could serve. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Yeah. At, before that, I had started um, listening to more of the uh, Gaither vocal band and— uh-huh. All of the those uh, those Our gospel business songs, business. And, yeah, and I thought, you know, I really would like to do that, and uh, I, I ended up um, prior. When we back up, but prior to to coming to the church uh, that year, I, I I attended the singing Christmas tree, uh-huh. and I just felt this connection with it and this wasn't my very first one i've been coming to those things pretty much all of my life uh whenever they would have it grandma would invite the family and we'd go and um uh, but i that that one in 2012 it was christmas of 2012 i felt this connection like you know i should be up there i should be up there singing so anyway
0: so tell me about the even before that tell me about how you kind of <laughs> came to faith in christ tell me that story
1: those are always fun <laughs> yeah, yeah. My mind's probably going to be boring. Uh, quite <laughs> honestly, uh, I grew up in church. Um, my mom and I um, attended All Saints Episcopal Church, um, and so my parents divorced when I was young. I was I was um, not even three years old, mm-hmm. and so uh, she and I uh, went to All Saints down the street from here. And uh, every Sunday, I mean, it was every single Sunday. Um, if we weren't there, um, it would it was something had to be bad. I mean, something was going on because we were there quite a bit. And she helped with my Sunday school class and she helped teach my Sunday school class. I I can't really, the time, the time that I remember really getting to know Jesus was through that Sunday school class. And I remember, I guess if you had to pinpoint a time it would be my first communion mm-hmm. because um, obviously I was baptized as a baby. It wasn't my choice, but the first communion uh, is a choice. And uh, obviously, if you don't really believe in Christ, you can't participate in those sacraments. And so you have to, uh, you know, I remember uh, talking with my mom, and this is something that I felt led to do. And uh, we talked to uh, Father Michael, I believe it was. And uh, there you go. had my first communion. And then from there, uh, there was a period of time, um, I stopped going to church. There was a period of time we both stopped going to church, actually, because uh, the Episcopal Church, I want to say it was around 2003, 2004, started going through a political issue. Right. And uh, so there was a huge, you know, rigor- going on oh, yeah. yeah, it just became so political. And we stayed there for a few years after that occurred. And uh, eventually it just became so awful and everybody just started splitting and going to a different church. And it was like, you know, whatever. And it kind of skewed my view of what church was. And so I was like, I don't want anything to do with that. And so um, from there, um, the economy tanked, and my mom was out of work, and uh, she was out of work for a long time, and uh, I mean, money was tight, and uh, I always knew if money was especially tight when the cable wasn't on, (laughs) so uh, I knew that. First thing to go. First thing to go, and so um, that was a period of time uh, in my life where I really was questioning my faith but i never i never denounced christ i mean it wasn't like that but it was just like you know god why are you doing this sort of thing it's like you know come on be very natural yeah it's like come on and uh of course being a teenager it probably didn't help either <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh anyway um so i remember that there's some some points some parts in my life uh, after that like in uh, 2011 i was in a back car accident and uh during that time uh, i was in i was in High school, yeah, high school, junior year, um, and some friends and I were going uh, to lunch from high school, which you're allowed to do if you were a certain age, and you know. Uh, so we went and uh, went off Powers Avenue, leaving Wolfson High School, and and car pulled out in front of us. We hit it and went across two lanes of traffic, and hit a concrete pole, and luckily none of us were severely hurt. Um, but I wear a gold cross necklace that my mom got me when I was about 12 years old. And that just dug right into my uh, my chest, and I you know I felt this pain, but I didn't realize what it was until I got to the ER, and there's this cross embedded that was embedded it. in my chest, and so I thought, wow, if that isn't a wake up call, <laughs> <laughs> yes, God, <laughs> yes, God. <laughs> so I, and okay, um, so I mean that was really from there. I really started to to really you know say, look, you know I was just thinking all wrong to begin with with this being angry. You know, this is this is all part of a greater plan, and it actually turned out to be part of a greater plan, as I f- came to find out. Right. right. So, um. And uh, so, from there, when I came to this church um, in 2013, I was baptized. I made the actual decision myself to be uh, the first time wasn't good enough. So I. I I uh, had to be immersed, you know, uh, dunked. And so uh, the sprinkles didn't do it. So uh, I got dunked by Gary here in the sanctuary. I believe it was October of 2013, I believe. So, um, yeah, cool. that's my story.
0: So how, I mean, you're going from Episcopal <clears> throat> to throat> Baptist. That's a big liturgical <clears throat> gap there.
1: So
0: how did you How did you adjust to that change?
1: You know, I liked, I I like I like the formalities of the Episcopal Church uh-huh. to a degree. I love the pipe organ, which is why I'm always hovering around Betty the postlude. I love the pipe organ, yeah. and at the Episcopal Church you have that, but you don't have you know you don't have the other instruments that in you know, other music that not a lot of bass playing. Not a lot. There's really not. No, it's the organist. The organist there with those pedals. There That's about as much bass as you're gonna get. And um, but. It is a big difference, but I I, I didn't find it overly difficult. Um, obviously, they're both Protestant right. denominations. Uh, uh, what I do like about the Baptist denomination is the use of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And um, they, you know, the, the Episcopal Church does not—I mean, the Scripture is important, but sure. they're not like— the, the sermons don't have as much Scripture as, like, would Gary, a typical right. sermon Gary would give. And so uh, it, it wasn't—I feel like the, the Baptist Church is— Far much more about Scripture. Yeah. So, who,
0: other than the the cross <clears> embedded in your chest, who was kind of? Can you tell me <laughs> somebody who kind of um, was important in your spiritual growth? There maybe some ones. I,
1: I would definitely say um, my grandfather played a huge role in my life spiritually. He was he was a good Episcopalian, mm-hmm. and uh, he but he was not one to he wouldn't be vocal that much about his faith, but I knew that he, I mean, he, he did open up to me, uh, especially towards the end of his life, but I, I he didn't, he was just kind of a, a quiet guy about that. Yeah. But I can remember, um, a time, um, my grandfather and I went, um, so my grandfather was a successful businessman mm-hmm. and, uh, he owned a mechanical contracting company, um, uh, Tompkins Beckwith. Um, and so we, um, uh, uh, we, he owned also real estate too, and so after he sold the construction business, he still owned the real estate. And so we were going up to check on something, and so we stopped at at a barbecue restaurant on Main Street, and it's Billy Cotton's Barbecue on Main Street. And there was this guy um, who was outside who um, you know was hungry, and but he wanted money, really, is what he wanted. And so my grandfather said, "Well, you know, uh, if, you know, I, I'm not going to give you any money, but are you hungry?" And he said, "Yeah." so um um we went inside the restaurant and Papa bought him lunch and then uh as we left he gave him a hundred dollar bill and i was just kind of okay well this is interesting and then when we leave he says don't you dare tell a soul what i just did don't even tell your grandmother don't even tell your grandmother especially don't tell your grandmother (laughs) But I realized, uh, and I didn't realize it at the time until I started getting older, that he, that's just one example. He did things like that, um, and there's a biblical context to that. You should never, you should always give joyfully, right. by the way, right? And that's what it tells us. We should always give joyfully, and it's really, you shouldn't brag about what you're doing. You shouldn't no, tell anybody. Don't do it in front of others. Don't do it in front of others, exactly. Except for, he, yeah, he wanted to show me, teach me a lesson, oh, right. which is what he was doing. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. so that that's was just story. one example. That's no. a
0: good good one to, to keep in mind.
1: And, I've never forgotten it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't, th- I don't think you ever will. Either. No, That's I awesome. won't.
0: So in this whole uh, deacon apprenticeship process, we've been going through. And mm-hmm. We've been kind of uh, learning about what a deacon is. Mm-hmm. Been apprenticed by um, an existing deacon. Yes. Uh, kind of tell me about your process there. Why, what do you What are you thinking about that?
1: Uh, I am blessed with the best the best person in the world to to teach me what it means to be a deacon. It's Jim Gandy. Oh, yeah. Jim Gandy is, uh, he's an incredible mentor to me. Uh, and I am so blessed by that. Uh, he, I hope that I can only be half the deacon that he is, <laughs> uh, quite honestly, I have big shoes. There's, there's big shoes there. I don't know if I'll ever quite uh, make it, but, uh, he's just such a great man. And we, uh, we have, uh, obviously been given, uh, books to read. Mm-hmm. Um, there's many of them, uh, well, pretty good amount of them. And so uh, we would meet, we meet um, about once a month on average or so um, and discuss the book. And, um, you know, he he explains obviously what it means to be a deacon. And of course, I'll ask him questions about, you know, so-and-so is feeling like this, you know, what do you think? What, you know, this is what I'm thinking I should do. What do you think? And he's always good about, you know, explaining what he thinks. And, and not yeah. telling you how bad your idea is. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> not making me feel too bad about it, um, if it's kind of a dumb idea. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> Jim is one of the sweetest <laughs> at He time. is, he is. He's very sweet, very good guy. And I just, I mean, the process has been great. I I, I I, would hate to be, maybe hate's not the right word, but I would not like to be a deacon just thrown into it, yeah. uh, or just thrown into becoming a deacon. You know, I would much rather go through the process of being uh, an apprentice.
0: One of the things, if I can kind of, kind of throw this in, that I've, I've kind of seen is that it's a, it's a true responsibility. Know. It's it a is. Right. It's not a title. Right. It's not a placeholder.
1: You're there to serve. Exactly. Yeah, you're there to serve. You're not there to be served. That's right. And that's, that's something right. that serving in the music ministry has really taught me. Yeah. It's not about, yeah. you know, being served. It's about serving others and using your gifts to be able to bless others. And sometimes sacrificing. Different. And sacrificing, absolutely. Uh, a big part of that. All
0: of you do. Uh, just in time, if nothing else, but right. in practice and time and learning and then, and all the rest. It takes. It takes a lot.
1: It does, and you're involved in that too. I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it does take a lot, it's,
0: and it's like that. So looking <coughs> looking into now, we're kind of coming to the end of the apprenticeship time period, mm-hmm. uh, and you'll be like a deacon out there on your own. Yeah. Uh, what do you kind of hope to see that that process do in your life?
1: I hope it makes me grow more. So I hope to be able to to be a blessing to other people and to be able to help people when they're going through a difficult time. I love helping people. Uh, I'm in the healthcare industry. I work in that industry, so I love helping people. Um, but I, I hope to, you know, also, uh, I hope that it's an experience that helps me grow in my faith and continue to, you know, expand in my, my faith journey with Jesus. And do you
0: feel that the process we've done thus far <clears throat> has helped you in, in your your personal faith journey?
1: I do believe so. Yeah
0: it's almost impossible to serve someone and not learn something.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you, when you, when you serve, uh, you, you know, when you communicate, part of serving is communicating with other people and hearing their story. And I love to hear other people's story. And so you always learn from somebody and I love that. Um, and that can teach you of things maybe you shouldn't do also, (laughs) or you should do or things you should do. Right. Um, and so, I mean, I, I, I love that and I'm excited for that.
0: Well, thank you for your service. Thank you for your willingness uh, to serve the body. I know that uh, we're all excited about it, and I know that you're going to be a great
1: deacon. Thank you. I appreciate it, Gary. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. We invite you to make plans to join us at Southside for our Deacon Ordination Service on Sunday, February 2nd, 2020 at 5 p.m. This will be an inspiring time of worship and celebration as we set apart some remarkable men and women to serve our community through the Deacon Ministry. If you want more information about Southside, please visit our website, ssbc.org.